pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Broncos country. Let's ride. Breaking news. Michael Brunts. This is the second time that breaking news has happened right when I come on the show. That's a good life lesson to be learned in all this. If you're going to give somebody over $100 million, make sure they're not weird. Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7. All right, we're joined now on the 42 Degrees of Source hotline by Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Hello, Michael. Hey, what's going on? Hey, so in a little bit, we're going to have on um, a... well, you 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 might know because he's a Miller North guy like yourself, uh, Evan Porter, who's the coach at at UNO, um, and I'm going to ask him about how he's pulled a money ball and um, recreated Mike Bovey in the aggregate, and <laughs> I think it's, it's Fabio. <laughs> I it's Fabio. I think it's the same question with Nebraska baseball with Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson. How do you recreate? Giambi and Damon in the aggregate for the uh, Nebraska baseball team. I, I didn't realize he's a Miller North guy. I should I should have known that. Oh yeah, he he was probably a little younger than you, I guess. Okay. But I I I, I don't know. I'd have to. I assume you guys didn't overlap then. I don't know. No, just maybe start with just ask him ask him uh, how old he is. And, <laughs> uh, when he graduated, that'd be that'd be a good lead into the conversation. Hey, by the way, Evan, how old are you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bryce yeah. and Max, how do you how do you recreate them in the aggregate? In the that's aggregate, how you do it? No, it's, how many players does it take to create two guys who hit like a what? What they hit a combined like thirty five home runs last year? Yeah, no, that's tough. Um, and I think I think people need to probably understand that you know the 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 offensive approach is going to be a little bit different this year. And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you go back to last year, I think, I think it's fair to say that Nebraska baseball last season, they were a team that they were really good at, if they, if they jumped on you early, it was pretty much over. And if you kind of go and dig into the numbers, if they fell behind early, it was likely over. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a, a team that was particularly good about being able to really force the issue um, with with speed, and I, I know I know Bryce Matthews, you know, had the twenty twenty year, but up and down the lineup, they just didn't have that ability to manufacture runs, and and was a little bit too reliant on the home run, if you can be uh, nowadays. So it's going to be a different approach. I mean, I, I think there's more balance in the lineup. I think there's a few guys that have some power potential. Um, you know, I I think there's. The, the opportunity there for Dylan Carey to have a breakout season in the middle of a lineup. They return uh, Gabe Swanson, who hit uh, was 18 home runs last year, I think. Um, and, and, and so they've got those guys. It's just going to be a little bit different than what they had last year. I mean, you, you, you're not going to have that 
kind of menacing bat in the middle of the lineup, like like what Max Anderson turned into. Honestly, I love that idea. I mean, because you and I talked about it throughout their season last year. Just there, and, and you said it right off the top there, like their their ability to either get up or get down in games right away. And you're like, okay, that's this is this is kind of decided. And they had a bunch of guys who could who could hit it out of the yard, big time potential. But if it wasn't going right on the right day, then it wasn't it wasn't probably going to be their day. I appreciate the the difference in approach. Like I think that'll bode well for them with a more. I mean, you never want to say no to a guy who hit as many home runs as those two did last year, and you know one was a first round draft pick. But to to have the lineup depth and then also get a little bit more from the, the guys in the mound, like that sounds like a good combination to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, in the lineup that they're they're going to have more speed at the top. I mean, I, it's going to be some combination of Caden Brumbaugh and Riley Silva, probably. I mean, Silva stole over forty bases last year uh, in, in JUCO. Brumbaugh's kind of that, uh, you know, just quintessential leadoff hitter. He gets on base a ton, uh, puts the ball in play, has some speed, so that that helps. I think um, to, to kind of put pressure on on opposing defenses and. You mentioned the pitching part of it. There's much more of a depth of arms this year than what they had last year. You don't have necessarily the 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 guys that you can really pencil in. You know, every I I, I feel less confident about you know the, the rotation this weekend being the rotation they're going to be using in May, um, just because they have more arms, more guys that could potentially work their way into that conversation and. You know, the bullpen, I think they, they needed to add a bunch of pieces because it was basically Shea Shanneman last year and, and a mm-hmm. few other guys. But they, they've got more experience there and, and more guys that you can put in there in high-leverage situations than what they've had. You think they've – well, I guess we'll, we'll see in the first couple weekends here, but what do you anticipate the right thing to do with Drew Christo might end up being? Um, well, I mean, I, I think until – about a week and a half ago, he probably would be in the, the weekend rotation right now. Um, you know, he had a, a, a scrimmage outing where the velocity was down a little bit and things weren't kind of looking right. And then he bounced back from that. But I think they're going to be a little bit careful with him the first weekend. He's available out of the bullpen. And the, with the way their schedule is, they, they have a pair of four-game series over the the next two weekends, so you're going to have to find another starter. I think he would be in the conversation for one of those uh, one of those starts if things kind of go well this weekend. So I, I think you know he's kind of in that group. I mean, they, they've got their three starters for this weekend that they've already named, and then probably about three or four guys that are in that next tier of, of starters. But there, I don't think there's a huge gap between those two tiers as maybe what there's been in the past. How much are you looking forward to uh, catching a whole bunch of Nebraska baseball scoragamis this year? I'm I'm sure you know we're gonna get a uh, you know whether it's a seven what what did we miss a seventeen to seven that seems like it's pretty likely honestly. Yeah, I, well, I the one that kind of floored me was they've scored twenty five runs six different times. I think that that was one that stood out. Correct. Um, certainly the the fifty to three game being a bit of an outlier there that we probably won't hit again, but. They've scored 28 uh, yeah. runs on two separate occasions. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it, you know, kudos to Jared and the guys over at uh, Nebraska for putting that together. I know they've been, they were working on that last spring, I think. Really? So it was pretty, uh, it, it's, 
Nebraska's played a lot of baseball. It's a lot of a uh, lot of lot of uh, scores to go through. Notoriously, a lot that's there's a lot of baseball games. We did get one last year though, sixteen sixteen. Hopefully, we don't see any ties this yeah, year. Yeah, please. Yeah, and especially the way that that one happened um, on Getaway Day. Oh, that's too. right. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go over to football here. Um, mm-hmm. So they they we have a win total at seven and a half at least from from one very reputable and good sports book, the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, then we have the SP Plus the SP Plus rankings, which came out, which had Nebraska inside the top 40 as a team, but in the bottom 20 on defense and in the – or I'm sorry, in the bottom 20 on offense and in the top 10 on defense, which is kind of amazing. Now all this stuff is based off of what you return, and it's a very – it's a very, like – I don't know, 40,000 foot view of, of kind of what your team is going to be this year. But obviously there's low expectations for, for the offense right now, considering, you know, they lost production. The metrics don't really love that. If Nebraska's offense is blank, they will be a pretty good team this year. Middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think so too. Like Beastie and I were talking about that on our podcast this week. You don't need like the the turnover question is is takes up a lot of a lot of air in the room every year about you know how much how much better can you get in turnover margin because that's a big one to me is like you don't even have to get to you you don't have to be like plus ten in turnover margin this year to see significant improvement like if you just get anywhere in the neighborhood of even yeah you feel pretty good about Nebraska's chances to hit that you know seven eight win mark like. What were they? Minus seventeen last year. I think I was just trying to pull up the number. I think that was it. I, I can I can get it here real quick. And you know the the there's a pretty strong correlation with Nebraska football over the last seven or eight years and how they finished in that turnover margin. I mean they they haven't been positive since 2016. So crazy. You know I I think that you're not you don't need to kind of recreate you know an offense. You just need to be middle of the pack and I think you can you can have a pretty good recipe there to, to uh take a step forward as a program. Minus seventeen is the number. Uh they lost yeah. they lost thirty one total turnovers last year and got um you know got the got what fourteen of them back on, on defense. I don't both of those numbers aren't enough. You if you force more turnovers and obviously give up way more, that's already a significant start to, to figuring out the right equation for them. Right, and I mean that's the value of having a defense that you know is a top twenty defense. It, it it gives it makes that margin of error a little bit wider for your offense. And you know, I, I like I said, I mean, I, I don't think you need to be completely different on offense. You'd love it because it's it was hard to watch at times last year, and and certainly uh, it hurt Nebraska in November. But that that's. I think people kind of need to keep that in mind when you're having that conversation about what the offense can be. It's like, look, like if you get just to the middle of the pack in, in Division One football in, in, in the FBS ranks, you'll you'll, you'll be okay. Because I think that defense is going to be pretty good. We'll see what they are on special teams, but the, the offense just needs to needs gradual progress there. One of the storylines last year was like, hey, Nebraska's never. I mean, they were when they were sitting on five wins for you know a month at the end of the at the end of the season, we're like, man, if they couldn't do it now, they had such a great opportunity to get to at least six wins. 
and they ended up not winning all of those games in the month of November. And people were like, well, that's this is like the easiest it's going to be. That was such a great opportunity that they spoiled it. I think that's that's true. But Brunts, I, I feel like out of that, we have kind of romanticized the schedule for this year. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't know. I I don't see anything that's the most daunting thing in the world, especially if if Nebraska is able to you know kind of meet people halfway on how good they are. Obviously, Ohio State's going to be one of the best teams in the country, but outside of that, I mean, it's not it's not a murderer's row for them this year either. That's another thing that goes into the the metrics and figuring out win totals. Are you suggesting that there's gettable games for Nebraska? I'm suggesting that there are several winnable games. So, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, too, is you just with the way the schedule falls this year and, and not talking about, you know, the Big Ten stuff, but you're, you're actually opening the season at home and you have an opportunity to, you know, get, get a little bit under your get your feet under you a little bit as you start the season. I mean, if you're running a freshman quarterback out there, I mean, this schedule is is the most favorable for Nebraska that it's been in terms of just being able to, you know, get get some confidence and to kind of figure out who you are at home rather than having to go play, you know, a conference opponent on the road right out of the gates. I mean, that, that's a significant thing. I mean, I, Matt Rule's on that podcast on ESPN. I mean, he oh, yeah. hit on that a little bit where they maybe weren't ready for those environments yet. Um, and, and I'll approach things differently. So that, that, I think that factors in the, the win conversation as well as you just have a little bit more easy entry to the season versus having to go play a prime time game against Minnesota. By the way, I, I haven't listened to that. Is there any other good stuff from him on the, uh, on the game day podcast? Uh, he had some, some strong restaurant takes, <laughs> which, which, uh, that's great. A little bit po- polarizing. Um, but I, I think he was correct. I, I, I think he had some some uh, informed takes there, some good stuff on Tony White. So it, it's it's uh it's worth a listen. Okay. When you when we're when you're done with the show here, uh, of course. And after you've uh, yeah. taken in all of Husker Two Four Seven's content as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, Michael. We'll let you go, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Michael Bruns of Husker Twenty Four Seven. All over Husker baseball this weekend for their three. Baylor, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma mm. at a big league park. Big league park is cool. That's fun. Big league park is cool. But as Kyle Perry said yesterday, ah, I've been around for 40 years. I've played in several big I played league parks. played in Ebbets Field. <laughs> he should have dropped that one in there. <laughs> yeah, I played at the old Yankee Stadium, so I know. Seen it all. Don't worry about that. I've been in college since like 2004. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll come back. A couple more things, and then, of course, at the top of the hour, we will get to Evan Porter, and we'll ask him how to create Mike Bovey in the aggregate. Fabio? Who the heck is Fabio? <laughs> more up next on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.